The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Let's jazz it up. Let's all get together now. Welcome to the Laura Theodore Podcast. You may know me from my popular television show, Jazzy Vegetarian, where I feature easy and delicious vegan recipes, along with tips for living a kinder, plant-based life. Now I invite you to join me here each week, where I'll welcome amazing guests to share upbeat and informative conversations featuring motivational lifestyle advice and nutritional guidance, plus lots of jazzy-licious recipe ideas. It's all served up with sensational music on the side. Music. So let's get talking. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Laura Theodore Podcast. I am your host, Laura Theodore, and I hope you are feeling good. I hope you are well, because we're going to talk about emotional DNA today. We are speaking with Judy Wilkins-Smith, and she's a highly regarded organizational individual and family patterns expert. And we're going to talk about her book, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. And later on in the program, we've got fantastic music from Michael Feinstein. Love this tune. And of course, my recipe of the week, which is an easy summer dessert. Really, really easy. Only three ingredients in the recipe. Oh, yeah. But let's just get right to it. It is now my great pleasure to welcome Judy Wilkins-Smith, who is a highly regarded organizational, individual, and family patterns expert and motivational speaker. As the founder of System Dynamics for Individuals and Organizations, she collaborates with individuals and corporate decision makers to implement innovative whole system design elements, ensuring balance, appetite for excellence, passion, and sustained success. Judy is the author of Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, a powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns. And I'd like to welcome her to this program right now. How are you today, Judy? I am great. The weather may not be cooperating, but uh, it's a good day. It is a good day. And I am so intrigued because when you first let me know about your book and about emotional DNA, I said to myself, Man, I never heard of that. We've got to talk about this on the show. So I'm just going to get right to it. You know, most of us know that we inherit our physical DNA, but I think that a lot of people don't realize that we can inherit what you call an emotional DNA as well. So what exactly is emotional DNA? So emotional DNA is your patterns of thoughts, feelings, and actions. And yes, you can absolutely inherit them. You can either inherit them 
from by word of mouth from generation to generation or by an epigenetic imprint. And what it does is pretty much the same as your physical DNA. Your physical DNA is the color of your hair, the color of your eyes. Your emotional DNA is why do I react the way I do? Why am I so angry about something that really doesn't seem that significant? What triggers me? And asking why does that trigger me? How does that trigger me? What is it trying to tell me? Because your emotional DNA is also your set of clues to what wants to stop in your life and what wants to start. Wow. Yeah, I think we all experience that. It's funny that you say that. It's like I'll react to something and and I'll say, wait a minute, why did I react in that way? Whether it was overreacting or underreacting and you talk in the book about something called family patterns, and that is something that really, really interests me. How can we identify these inherited family patterns that are actually not our patterns and they no longer serve us in our life? So two things. First of all, they do serve us, and, and remind me, I'll get back to that. Okay. And how, we, how do we find them is exactly what you've said. Where do I find myself underreacting, overreacting, really stubborn or dogmatic, hysterical or over the top? Those are the places to look or places where we feel shut down, disenfranchised, lonely, but the big ones that come to you. They're coming to you for a reason. They're asking you to look. So to get back to the other piece, yes, they do serve us. Mm. They serve us because they're pushers. They're asking us to move. They're asking us to move ourselves and the system. Because every time you change, the byproduct of that is that the system changes. Your family system changes. You shift from being the one, for everybody in the family is always unhappy. And suddenly you come along and you, and you decide this isn't working for me. And you start to work on the joy side of things. When you do that, everybody looks and goes, oh, well, she hasn't been smited with a piece of two-by-four yet. Maybe we try that. So it begins to swing the patterns around. So even though you're doing your work for you, the byproduct is it's expanding the system. Mm-hmm. And what are these first steps that we might take? In other words, if you come from an angry family or if you come from a disappointed or sad or, um, you know, a family that's always having negativity, et cetera, et cetera. And that's what you grew up with. And that's what you experienced. And then you're in your adult life and you're saying to yourself, I don't want to feel this way. How do I change that? And I know that's a very in-depth, long uh, answer, but maybe you can just give us, you know, scratch the surface with that, Judy. Absolutely. It's not that difficult. All you want to do is sit down with pen and paper and ask yourself, so this sadness or disappointment, when did I first notice that in my life? What was happening at the time? What did I make it mean about me? What did I make it mean about others? What decisions did I make? In other words, what were my thoughts, feelings, and actions? How is that limiting me now? What, what needs to stop? And then what needs to start? Now, the what needs to start is an interesting one. It's your dream. It's your 
passion. It's your getting better. It's, it's one step further. What is it that I really, really want to start? And people say to me, okay, so I can say that. And I said, no, no, it's not that simple. Your brain has to tell your body a story that your body believes. And that sounds complicated, and it's not. Think about the times when you say to yourself, I'm so stupid. I know it. I should never have done that. I'm in big trouble. And your whole body reacts. Mm -hmm. Now think of the times where you walk in and you do something and you go, that was amazing. That was incredible. I can do this. And your whole body reacts. When your head, heart, and gut are in alignment, you start to create that shift. So that's a, a long-winded way of saying you've got to identify what it is, even if it's one step that you want to do next, and then really invest in that. So now that you've identified your thoughts, feelings, actions, when it happened, you then identify, so what, what one new thought, one new feeling, and one new action can I take to begin shifting in the direction of what I want? Mm -hmm. And when that, that echoes for you, off you go. Uh-huh. Now, let's just take what you said about two minutes ago, one particular example that, that really called out to me, because I think a lot of people experience this on and off throughout their life. You know, I feel so stupid, or I am so stupid, or why was I so stupid? So take that one particular sentence that we might say to ourselves. How would one then say, I'm going to change that? What would be the first step? So the first step is, when did I first start feeling stupid of what mm -hmm. was happening in my life? Who told me that? Or how did I get to believe that? What did I make it mean about me? And what did I make it mean about others? And how has it affected me? And then there's one small question. Is that really true? And is that really true now? And then the other very important question, who else in the family felt stupid, talked about being stupid. Where does that word come from in the family system? And if you don't have access to that, then it's to go back to your own life and go back to where have I, I said that to myself before and begin timelining it. And you'll see that you do have patterns. And those patterns originated from somewhere, not just you. Fascinating, fascinating. Right on, right on the money, I'd like to say. It's so, so interesting. We are speaking today with the incredible Judy Wilkins-Smith, and she is a highly regarded organizational, individual, and family patterns expert and motivational speaker, and she's the author of the book that we're speaking about today, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, a powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns. And you can learn more about Judy after the program today at judywilkins-smith.com. JudyWilkins-Smith.com. Now we talk uh, a lot on this program, Judy, about self-love, and I love how you speak about it in the book. And on page 227, you say that the first step to self-love is being open to seeing what you want from life rather than feeling like life is happening to you. I love that quote. Please talk a little bit about that, if you would, please. Sure. We are raised to believe that we're not good enough, we should be humble, which 
usually isn't very nice, the version of humble that we're taught about. We're taught that we're born into sin, we're going to live in sin, we're going to die in sin, and if we're lucky and we do it well, we may get a good seat somewhere else. But the truth of the matter is, if you start to look at it differently, and you see that you have the potential, and you have an adventure, things begin to look very different. When you start to invest in your adventure, you suddenly begin to realize that you're much, much bigger than the point of view you hold about yourself. And when you start to invest in that, it's a very humble process. I always ask people, how big are you willing to be? And they say to me, isn't that egotistical? And I say, no, because the day that you agree to be the biggest version of yourself possible is the humblest day of your life. It's the first time that you truly agree to be responsible for growing the best version of yourself and now you're in service of the universe. Being in service to the universe, I think that is a good goal to attain if we can. And once we kind of realize that, what do we do then? What, where do we go? What's the first step? The first step is to sit and identify what you really, really want to do. We don't lie to ourselves. Our inner, inner self really knows. If, if I said to you, what's your deepest, biggest, widest, fondest dream? You would probably be able to tell me. If not, I would go back and look and see why it is that you're stuck and you can't articulate that. But once you can start looking at what do I really want to do? What gets me up in the morning? What makes me happy? Now you're not doing a J-O-B. You're investing in a really big adventure. And then everything falls into service of that adventure. Then even your job is a career and a passion and a direction. It's no longer the thing. So when we start to see it that way, every single step that we take is in service of expansion, both of us and everything around us. Beautiful, beautiful. Now... On page 227, you talk about something that you speak about throughout the book, good health, teaching ourselves good health. And you also talk about self-love and self-care throughout the book. So how does teaching ourselves good health ultimately actually help to teach us self-love and self-care? Okay, so good health. When we invest in good health, we're actually saying to ourselves, the message is, I care about you. Hey, body, I care about you. And when the body knows that, it can serve us really well. Once we invest in that, we also go, oh, my goodness, look at what I'm capable of. Look at my health. I must be worth being healthy for. And in comes the self-love. And when we are kind to ourselves, I'm sure you've noticed The kinder you are to yourself, the kinder you are to others. So when you keep filling your bucket, eventually there's so much that what do you want to do? You want to share it. So you don't want to eat bad apples, either literal or figurative. If somebody gives you a piece of fruit that says you're not nice or you're not good enough, you should not put that in your mouth and you should not put that in your brain. Amazing, amazing. In, in, in closing today, what's the first thing that we can do right now to 
identify and to say to ourselves, okay, today's the day I'm going to start to make the change. I'm going to recognize all of these things that you've been speaking about today. And right now, this moment, I'm going to take the first step. And where do we go? We go straight to the place that we're sick and tired of being sick and tired of. And you start there. You write down all of your thoughts, feelings, and actions, and everything that I described earlier. And then you turn to the place that you long to be. The place that just makes you feel like this would be so good. And you start investing in that. Because if you invest in that with one new thought, one new feeling, one new action, and you keep doing that, you're going to get there. And if it's strong enough, it'll pull you past all of the excuses you have to stay stuck. You are absolutely amazing. It's been a great honor to speak with you today, and I hope we get a chance to do it again. And I'm wishing you and your family a very happy and healthy year. Thank you so much. And the same to you, and I would love to come back and discuss further. It's been a pleasure. Same here. Thank you so much, Judy. That was the fabulous, the one and only Judy Wilkins-Smith. Learn more about Judy after the program today at judywilkins-smith.com. That's judywilkins-smith.com. Well, for those of you who are new to our television show and this podcast, you want to go to jazzyvegetarian.com, and there you can get over 500 vegan recipes. Of course, they're all vegan and delicious. Learn about our television show. Listen to more podcasts. And, of course, you can purchase any one of my cookbooks. If you purchase a cookbook through the website at jazzyvegetarian.com, I will sign it for you. That's a great deal, don't you think? I do. Well, I know you've been waiting for it. It's my recipe of the week. This frozen banana creamy dessert is a breeze to prepare. It's especially refreshing as an afternoon snack or a light dessert in the summer weather, and it kind of emulates frozen custard. It's much more economical than store-bought non-dairy versions of ice cream, and it's super, super delicious and super, super easy. This makes about two servings. You're going to start with three large frozen bananas, One to one and a half cups of chilled vanilla or plain non-dairy milk. I like to use the sweetened varieties for this. And of course, you can also use chocolate non-dairy milk as well. Makes it kind of a chocolate creamy dessert. Really, really good. And then three to four teaspoons of brown sugar or maple syrup. All you need to do is put the bananas, the non-dairy milk, the brown sugar or maple syrup in a blender or food processor and process until it's nice and smooth and creamy. A little note, if you're using a blender for this, you do need a high-performance blending appliance in order to break those bananas down. And as soon as you're done with it, you're going to pour the mixture into pretty dessert dishes or glasses and serve it right away. Or if you wanted to firm up a little bit, sometimes I put it in the freezer for a half hour or so and then you get a little firmer, creamy, vegan 
dessert. It is so, so yummy. You're going to find this recipe, uh, episode 1003, on the recipes at jazzyvegetarian.com. So you just want to click on recipes, scroll down to season 10 recipes, and it's episode 1003. Oh, three. That's the whole deal. And this recipe is from my newest cookbook, Jazzy Vegetarian Lively Vegan Cuisine That's Easy and Delicious, the 10th Anniversary Edition. Of course, you can purchase that at jazzyvegetarian.com. Music today, the fabulous, the one, the only Michael Feinstein. And this is with Joe Negri. This is one of my favorite tracks of his. This is called So In Love. Night mysterious 
the night when you first were there In love with my joy, delirious When I knew that you could care So taunt me and hurt me Michael Feinstein. Mm, What a great track. Love, love, love his music. Thank you, Michael. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today for this podcast. Of course, I hope you'll listen every Wednesday at mindbodyspirit.fm to the Laura Theodore podcast. And until next time, be happy, be healthy, and be well. From me, Laura Theodore, a.k.a. the J. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.